0: Well, hey, Paul, how are you, man?
1: Well, Ben, my friend, man, long time no see.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been a hot second. Uh, it's been a hot second. How are things?
1: Things are are, are great. You know, it's uh, Advent here and it's the yeah. most wonderful time of the year as the song goes. It's absolutely the most. I, you know, it's it's an amazing time of the year. I think it's been like six months
0: since we last recorded an episode of the Reviewers. It's been a it's been a while. So, do you think do you think the listeners are going to be surprised that we're back?
1: All six of them. Uh, uh, all six. <laughs> yeah, I think all six of our listeners would not be more surprised if they woke up with their heads sewn to the carpet tomorrow.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And that's the type of excellent content you've come to expect here at The Reviewers.
0: Absolutely. I love the reference, folks. We're back. Happy Advent, to everyone. Welcome to The Reviewers.
1: We're on a mission from God.
0: Well, Paul, no, seriously, though, Um, all kidding aside, so good to see you. Glad to be back. Uh, glad to chat with you a little bit about some um, about some awesome content. This is like the most wonderful time of the year, not just because it's such a wonderful season, the season of Advent, but also because um, there is so many good movies uh, to be seen and to be watched um, that it's it's hard to deny that like we we've got kind of a line here of of um, of content to dive into.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, there are movies upon movies for this season. I don't know about you, but there's like, you know, handfuls that I just have to watch every single year. Uh, So a a lot of um, spiritual angles that we can take in examining those. And uh, I just thought it would be fun for uh, the folks who uh, appreciate Looking at yeah. uh, film through a spiritual lens to kind of yeah. have this little block of of Christmas movies during this Advent season to uh, look at together, and so we were talking about how to kick it off. And yeah. Ben, where does this film rank in the pantheon of Christmas movies for you? Is this, I mean, are we starting yeah. at the top
0: here? Have we even just, have we even uh, named what movie we're talking about today, Paul? I'm not sure if we've named it. Well,
1: it's movie. it's on it's to the you know I don't know Ben if you're aware but our uh, listenership is very astute, uh, very they, um, they upper crust. Read, which they can read the title exactly, which is to say that they can read, oh, um, and so they probably <laughs> recognize that. Of course, we yeah. are talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, the 1989 uh, Christmas classic. Um yeah, but. That, oh. Where does that fall on your list of uh, Christmas, you know, films? Because sure. you're yeah, you're sure. very Griswoldian, and so many of the things that you do uh, is this number one with a bullet. Uh,
0: this is this is absolutely number one. Uh, there's no doubt that this is the the number one movie on my list for for Christmas movies. Um, you know, interesting side question. So uh, where where is it for you? Like, is this like a top? five is this a top three is this a top oh, like is this one this is two this is
1: definitely in the in the Trinity. This is definitely this in the is Trinity. Trinity. Got yeah. it. Got it. What I'm, would
0: so let's 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 uh before we even dive into it though like give me give me the top three hmm. um movies. Um I don't know if you saw the meme recently or not the meme, but it was like a poll on Facebook or on Instagram or on something. And it was like, it listed nine movies. It was like, you can only have three of them, which are the three. Um, mm. So what are the three Christmas movies that you can't live without?
1: Well, it's the ranking is hard, but the choosing, yeah, sure. at least the choosing of two is not, uh, it's, it's gotta be this. Um Ooh. It's also got to be a Christmas story. I know there's of course. that that's not super original, but it is uh it is beloved and yeah, um yeah, absolutely. I just I I can't I can't divorce that from my childhood and from how much uh, it 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 means to me. So, Christmas vacation, Christmas story and you know, that third slot is difficult. I'm sure that different movies could bounce in and out of it. There are some that I'd be tempted to put in there. I know a lot of people want to pull the um Die Hard as a Christmas movie card. Uh, um yeah. if, if yeah, sure. that's it, you know, Die Hard's a great one, but I I couldn't put it in the top 3. Um no. Gremlins is kind of in that same conversation with me. I love that movie, but I, I can't call it a straight Christmas movie. If I'm no. having to choose um you know, just in the heat of the moment and say, what's my number three, I'm going to go home alone, man. I just love it. Yeah, oh,
0: dude. Why? Like this is it. This is absolutely. Yeah. We're, you know, we were friends for a reason. Uh, <laughs> there was, there were, there were a number of reasons why. Um, uh, but this is part of it is I think that home alone would be my number three also. Okay. I mean, we're the same in the same three movies. Um, Gosh. Uh, you know if i if i had to throw in a fourth and, and, and being the good advent people that we are we're going to get to a fourth um maybe we'll say that as a surprise for for what okay. the last one is uh okay. yeah, we'll we'll leave it with these three and leave the fourth for surprise cuz to be fair it rotates it depends on the mood uh, it does. the fourth one
1: it does but there is
0: there is a very recent one it's actually playing downstairs in my house right now that i would say is my fourth um i'm not going to tell you what it is but we'll we'll, we'll save it for, for perhaps the fourth
1: Lot. Oh, outstanding, outstanding! Yeah. It's not yeah. Christmas Vacation two, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure, is it?
0: Uh, got me red handed. <laughs> <Got me red-handed. laughs> I don't, I don't think we have uh, uh, Comedy Central four in our. You gotta get it, man. The You gotta get it. Yeah, it's not in our package, uh, so we don't. We don't. We're not watching that downstairs. Right yeah, now. I know. I've, I've yeah. never
1: seen that. Uh, direct to video, um, sequel myself, um, (laughs) but I'm, I'm sure, Hey, with Randy Quaid as the star, how could it go wrong? Um, but okay. Uh So yes, Christmas vacation, like we said, this is where we're, we're kicking it off. Um, 1989, uh, Christmas classic when it uh, was released and, um, it, it did, it did well, uh, at the box office, you know, because this is of course part of a, um, series of films the vacation films this is the third one in the franchise of course we kicked it off with uh, national lampoon's vacation and uh, then there was european vacation and now uh, they uh, chose to go with a christmas vacation which interestingly Mm -hmm. they do not vacate they do not go anywhere Uh, they stay Stay at at home home. Um, and I, i think it's widely agreed that between vacation and Christmas vacation, um, these are the, the two best and, uh, how interesting that in one of them, they, um, they stay home and kind of the vacation comes to them. So, uh, very interesting in that regard as, uh, written by John Hughes, who I think, I think we could have a conversation about him as uh, he could probably be a podcast in and of himself in regards yeah. to the, the themes that he often, um, played with in in his films but you know he's all over like the the holidays you know one of my favorites is planes trains and automobiles um i you know that's more it's thanksgiving is the actual setting of that so i have a hard time being a purist putting that in the christmas film um collection but uh i i love that movie it is absolutely hilarious um and he uh-huh. wrote this movie. Um, there's a home alone. Uh, he sure uh, was a part of that as well. And um, he did
0: Fair Spieler's Day Off. I mean, that was a one. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, you get it. I mean, if you so go, much into, of if you the, go into the non rat pack, yeah, yeah. and yeah, the non um, Christmas
0: stuff, they're all good so, kind of movies.
1: Yeah, he was really yeah. on a tear there and uh, between writing, directing, and all that stuff. And so, um, I think the he is he's one of those who really knows how to weave the comedy in with pulling at the heartstrings, right and hitting right. on some right. um some deeper themes which is of course a big plus for this uh, podcast program and so um he's he's a great uh, uh person to be uh have written this film uh and, and surely we'll find a good bit of uh content here uh to guide yep. us so uh, that being said, any anything else you want to say about the Christmas vacation generally before you jump into some of the areas where maybe you saw God pop up?
0: Yeah, you know, this, uh, I mean, just in general, uh, um, just to speak of Clark Griswold uh, mm-hmm. in, in general for a hot second, that is a, so the funny thing is my dad uh, like when i was growing up looks exactly like chevy chase throughout all of the vacation movies and i'll be doggone if he didn't also do almost every single thing that clark griswold does in all of these movies he's a uh, sweet again like a clark griswold just one of the kindest people I ever meet in his life but there's a funny um situation where he, he he looks so much like chevy chase um and he even still looks like chevy chase today but uh, particularly, like when they were in their 40s together, uh, he looked so much like him that he sent my. Gra- I remember my grandmother being his mom, being in the hospital one time. That he got a um, Chevy Chase picture, uh, like a portrait, like a framed portrait of Chevy Chase, and then sent it to my grandmother in the hospital and signed it, um, um, <laughs> like from him, um, uh, just as a way of like. Did he he, he signed his
1: out. own name to it instead of Chevy Chase's. <laughs>
0: I don't. He he might. I hope he's. I don't remember what it did. It was, but it like it like hung in my grandparents' like opening like hallway for like all of their lives, um, and I'm pretty certain that he like signed it Clark. Um, he didn't even sign at Jimmy <laughs> Chase nor Dave. He signed it Clark Griswold. Um, um, it's just th- this character to me is uh, there's so much. Goodness in the sky, um, and, and everything seems to go wrong for him. Uh, but it's just so endearing because, it, yeah. it, and, and and as you know, Paul, we're, uh, you're you're a, um, a more seasoned dad than I am. But there's something to be said about like the desperate attempt for this dad to make it so good for his kids um, in everything that he does. That I I can't help but be like, I get it, I get it now. Um, in a oh, way that man. I didn't appreciate this movie ten years ago.
1: Absolutely. Dude, Clark makes so much more sense to me with every day that that passage. I mean, like as I get further into adulthood and further into being a father, laughing at Clark becomes less and less of, hey, look at that guy. And more and more of, oh, man, look at me, you know? Right, right, right.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. So that in general is a theme that we could easily unpack um, yeah. in, this, you know, in this whole series, not just for this movie, but the entire uh, vacation series. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And speaking of, then this is a big temptation. I'm working through this advent. In the last year, we've moved up to Chapel Hill and we got a house and it just so happens to be the exact same color and in many ways, the same layout of the Griswold <laughs> house. I mean, it's that pale yellow, like vinyl siding, yeah. um, you know, two story like, and the temptation to just, just, you got to
0: go all out, man. Help just that thing do it.
1: with, with just Christmas do lights it. is, you do it? yeah, I, I mean, I've got You're- a staple gun ready to go.
0: Are there a lot of Christmas lights in your neighborhood? Are there a lot of houses that go all out?
1: Um, I'm still waiting to see. You know, we're just a couple days oh, after guess, Thanksgiving yeah. at this oh, right, point, right. so we'll um, there. Right. yeah,
0: still new. yeah, sure. Um, we um, I we
1: will have This house, that... good. Good. Well, I was just gonna say, I, 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 we have options for what we put in our yard. Um, I like to to get plywood and and cut out. You know. Christmas characters and things like that and, and put them in the yard for instead of like the inflatables and things like that. We kind of do that instead. Sure. And um, like I've got the Peanuts gang all out there now, like all 10 of them, which I I really didn't think that through when I said, Hey, I'm going to make these and cut these out and paint them and all this. So it took <laughs> a lot more time um, than, than I anticipated. <laughs> but uh, a couple of years later, I uh, designed an RV out of uh, plywood and cut it out and painted it like, uh, cousin Eddie's. And then I've, I've got cousin Eddie, uh, in the bathrobe and everything and the flapper hat. (laughs) And, um, and I took like a pool pump hose and connected one to the other. And he's just, (laughs) he's sitting there with, you know, with a beer in his hand, waving, uh, waving to the people. And so I, I decided that in, in the new neighborhood, um, I wasn't going to, I'm not, I'm not putting that out first year, um, I'm oh, going to yeah. wait Live a little. I, yeah. I, I you know I, I want to get a uh, sense of, uh, the climate of the, the neighborhood. Land. Um, get it. exactly. Yeah. So right. uh, we're just, we're just going with the peanuts for this year, but uh, maybe next year the, 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 peanuts and then the, uh, the, the road to guzzling cousin Eddie will make a nice pairing together.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know that, um, there's a, there's a street, there's a house down the street that, i uh, I preached on last year, actually the congregation because they have um, I kid you not, I bet they have no fewer than 75, 80 inflatables in their front yards. So they're on a, they're on a a giant um, kind of like a a county highway type of thing. I mean, they're kind of on a pretty busy road and and they got plenty of space. I bet, uh, you know, at least an acre and a half um, to two acres lines the actual road. I mean, kind of uh, so, so they're, got tons of land and i don't know how long it takes them to set this thing up but what i will say is it is wild to see at night like it is i mean the whole thing's lit up and i can't imagine this um, anybody in that house sleeping until those things are out because it it looks like i mean you you could it's i I think that already we're pretty close to rdu the airport and i'm pretty certain (laughs) that this is like an identifier of how close planes are out when they fly over it it is absurd But the funniest part about this is that in the morning, it looks like a straight-up Christmas Gettysburg. It is like all of those (laughs) inflatables are like dead on the ground and they're all deflated, and they're all laying there, and it is the most morbid and depressing thing ever. So, like I've always, you know, I've I've always wondered how children react to this as they drive past, and like Mickey is completely like just (laughs) sprawled out on the ground. It's it's uh it's pretty rough, man. um But anyways, but that's that's my favorite house in the neighborhood or or close by because it is, uh, it's a feat. But there's also something about that makes me wonder, like, uh, we gotta get them, we gotta get this family like a little bit more something to do, uh, in right. October and, and November uh, unless they hire a company to do it because it is absurd.
1: yeah That really is, is. I mean, yeah. And yeah. then, really thinking about that electricity bill too. That's what I always think about when I look yeah. at look at that stuff. Is,
0: yeah. It's insane. Oh. So, well, let's, okay. let's talk the movie, man. Um, let's talk okay. a little bit about it. So I, I thought, you know, let's, let's dive in. So this is, um, again, this is a beloved movie. And I, I feel like something with Christmas Vacation, this may be true of vacation movies, just in general, is a lot of times Whoa. the actual plot of the movie gets lost in just the the one-liners and the little scenes and the mm-hmm. little like things that happen in that you forget like what the whole plot of the movie is, um, or you forget some of like the at least the the plot lines like maybe not all of the entire plot isn't lost but maybe some of the plot lines are lost. And um, one of the ones I want to tap into is um, is this this idea that uh, Clark is has this dream of. Um, uh, of of what he hopes you know, he, he's hoping for this bonus that he's gonna get the end of the year and he's hoping to get this bonus from his boss and um he, he dreams about it, and, and he, when he goes to the kitchen window he looks out into the backyard and he sees um the pool that he wants to build for his family it's like this is like typical american dad i want to put a pool in the backyard so the kids have a place to play and the wife can love it like our family could just be a family in the backyard and you gotta um and he has his perfect vision and he keeps this is just a kind of a consistent thread throughout the movie um and and really what i think of one of the plot lines that's it's not the only plot line but it is a plot line in the movie that i think sometimes gets lost because of just the chaos of everything that's going on around him uh, but it really is what causes like the the final scene to take place and one of the things i was thinking about um i was visiting a church a couple weeks ago and i, I had asked a guest preach there and uh and we were talking about grief, and, and they were diving into grief because of the context of the holidays coming up, because of like the context of coming out of the world of COVID, um, and the idea of grief being something where we mourn the loss of loved ones, for one, and but for two, um, mourning the loss of dreams and there or like or things that we had hoped for, like like visions of what our life would look like. Um, And the idea that like this is a part of grief that that we don't often talk about. And I think while it's comedic in this uh, movie, and it's great to see, I think there's something true to be said about the holidays perhaps being an annual mile marker that we go past um, uh, that is a reminder of, for some people, of dreams that didn't pan out the way that we thought they were going to yeah. of lives that didn't pan out the way that we thought they were going to um, of, of hopes and visions for kind of where we'd be in life that we just haven't reached yet. Um, and there's something about that. I think that's, that comes up in that. That's pretty important. I think around the holidays, because again, because it's just a, it's, it's a reminder that the years are passing. Like there's probably nothing that reminds us more that the years are going by than like kind of coming back around to the holidays and the Christmas season. And I think that's just a reminder for us. And one of the things that we preached on, one of the things I preached on uh, when I was living this church is this uh, this image from um, from Matthew sixteen. Uh, Peter and Jesus Jesus has just shared with Peter that he's going to be crucified, um, uh, that he's going to die, and 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 just before this scene, Jesus has told Peter that he's going to be the rock on which he. And according to Matthew's telling of the story, um, that that Peter will be the rock on which the church is built. And so I can you can imagine Peter hearing this news that he's the rock uh, on which. Uh, Christ is going to build the church, and um, and just all the visions like like a Clark Griswold looking out the yeah. window, like all the yeah. visions of what the church is going to be, like this idea of like this is what's coming. I I, I know I'm going to be the church, I or I'm going to be the rock on which the church is going to be built, and so I have these visions for the way in which. Jesus and I are going to be partnered together, and we're going to build this amazing thing. And like people are going to continue to see these miracles, and life is going to be just as amazing as we've ever seen it before. And yada, 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 And he's building all this hype in his mind and all these beautiful visions. And then in the very next breath, Jesus says to him, but just a heads up, we're going to Jerusalem, and they're going to kill me there. Um, and you can imagine just in that moment, Peter's dreams being shattered um, to the point where
1: Peter— the
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That moment is the gift that keeps on giving, uh, the whole year round, but it's, it's one of those images of just like where a dream comes crashing down instantly in a moment. Um, and there's some very real grief, I think that can take place there. Um, you know, I I think it's, it's, it's not something to be lost on us that grieving is only for things that, uh, um, people that we lost, but it can also be for dreams. And the idea of just like, if, if Peter's in this state of grief, which I think he is in this passage of scripture, where he learns of Jesus's death, he learns that life isn't going to pan out like he thought, perhaps it gives us one permission to grieve again dreams Two permission to be angry at God, which Peter is in the moment. He rebukes Jesus to his face um, and says, this just can't be true to the point where mm-hmm. Jesus even says, get behind me, Satan, right? Like that yeah. kind of commands him to cool his jets. Um, but I think there's also something to be true of just like ultimately that um, the the lesson being that even in that moment, even in that grief, that God obviously still invites us to be to you know grief may happen and the loss of dreams may happen, but ultimately that God's presence at the end of the day is the thing that is still with us. Um, uh, you know, and that that might be all that we can hope for um, in these moments of grief. Um, so, anyways, it's just one of the one of the, the themes of the movie that I saw that just stood out is like is, is, is Clark not getting this <laughs> this uh, pool that he thought he was going to, um, yeah, or or at least for the long most of the story he doesn't it doesn't seem right. to pan out that way, um, right? Um, and this idea that like we we just kind of lose these dreams. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I've, I've talked yeah. long enough.
1: No, I I, I think that is um, a great observation that we do need to, I don't think we, we do pay enough credit to, uh, as adults because we do spend a lot of our lives setting. I mean, we have to think that the future is going to be one way or another, right? And so rarely does it turn out actually to be that way. And so when it's not, yeah, there's absolutely grief involved. Uh, we, we grieve that thing that we thought would happen or hoped would happen, uh, not happening. And then we have to, determine how do we how do we move forward through that grief um i think it's interesting you know because all of clark's story i mean you you say that um you know we we kind of lose the plot i i really think the plot is driven by all of these they're little vignettes really but the what kind of defines each vignette is a different scene of clark you know chasing this uh dream of an ideal christmas i would say that's another one of his dreams i mean he even says in there at at one point i i jotted it down um all my life i've wanted to have a big family christmas and you know ellen and this is when they're you know in in the bed after he's got the sap on his fingers and everything and sticking to the pages uh and she said it's just i know how you build these things up in your mind you set standards that no family could ever live up to and gosh talk about ways that can relate to clark griswold i know how i set things up in my mind you know these that's right ideals for the way that things should be that things that i want you know selfishly as a person to have things that i want my family to have things that i want for us to do and yeah. Each one of the scenes is the movie is Clark having these, you know, the house has to look this way uh, or right. the, we've got to have this tree and all oh, there it is. Oh, angelic, you know, right. Beam <laughs> shining right down upon it, um, you know, up in the attic with uh, the the, you know, <laughs> watching the videos and the nostalgia and all of that sort of stuff. And then it's just this continual every time he dares to dream this dream, he's just slapped in the face, like those boards up in the attic, right. just like, no, you're right. it, it's not going to happen. Um, but if you can kind of release that need yeah. for your dream, uh, and, and grieve that, then maybe you can welcome the reality that that is, and and yeah, you know, for the purpose of the story, like you said, in the end, it does work out for him, and his dream is realized, and that's because it's right. a movie, right? But right. but that's life, right. life isn't a movie. Very
0: rarely, that's right, and
1: that's right. And you know, another yeah. thing. Oh, go ahead.
0: Why well, was just going to say? I mean, I think you're 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 spot on, and and um, and talking about this, and particularly around Christmas, because I think that we all have these images of how Christmas wants to be in and I think that in particularly in the past couple of years um, because of the world of COVID uh for the past three years perhaps we, we Christmas has never turned out the way we thought it was going to you know the past two years you know, I remember um uh having to do the Christmas Eve service online and I remember our when, when we were at when I was at first carry we had to um, record the Christmas Eve service five days in advance and it was wow. so weird, weird. To, do, uh, yeah. to do a Christmas Eve service not at Christmas Eve and like kind of to record it and then just to release it uh, as a video and uh, because we couldn't gather in person. And and then even uh, last year, um, the lead pastor uh, wound up uh, becoming sick. He didn't get COVID, but he had something else. And, and in the world of COVID, kind of a heightened sense of like a cough. He, he wanted to make sure that he wasn't exposing anyone to anything. And so he couldn't be there. So he missed his, and then he retired. So he missed his last Christmas Eve service um, as a pastor after 40 some years of ministry. I mean, like kind of, we, we've had multiple cases where Christmas was not what we had uh, expected and certainly not what we had hoped for. Um, and I think one of the interesting things to take away from the Christmas story and perhaps to take away from the entirety of the way that God enters and does God's work in the world is that the most Christmas thing uh perhaps is for to Christmas to be unlike anything we could have expected. I mean that's the most Christmas Christmas there could be, right? right. Is, is the idea of like of of it not happening the way we thought it was going to happen. Um uh that's the entirety of the Christmas story. So I uh, anyway, so I think that there's some to me, there's something beautiful about That that even when all goes to blank in a handbasket, you know, (laughs) like Hallelujah, holy, uh, like right, uh, where's the (laughs) Tylenol? Like there's something about that that says maybe that's the most Christmas thing that can happen in the moment. Is it not going necessarily as as according to the script that we sometimes write for it? So
1: absolutely. I mean, what had Israel done for centuries but write a script for what that you know? That's right. That the advent messiah be, right? of their messiah right. what you know and uh boy talk about something that could not have been anything like what they expected right That's a manger right. That's exactly and, a, right. a, and a, a little a virgin you know teenager and That's a know, this this no-name guy from some podunk little town like and a stable and and all this sort of, like who would have you know John Hughes could have written a better script than that. (laughs) That was probably what people had to be thinking. Um, But, uh, but man, what, what a beautiful, you know, story it it ended up being. And then, so I think we, uh, we do ourselves a disservice when we try to write the dream ahead of time. I think we also do ourselves a disservice when we uh, look back without, you know, really thinking critically when, when we allow ourselves to look back with eyes that are um, maybe hazied by the dream, because there's that scene where Clark and his dad are in the laundry room, I guess. And the house has just been ransacked by the the dog and the squirrel and, and, you know, everything's gone wrong. And uh, he's just dad, you know, you always um, seem to make Christmas so great for us, you know, how, how the, you know, how'd you do it? And, um, you know, he makes a joke about Jack Daniels having a hand in it, but, um, <laughs> basically I, I think it's this, it, it's a reminder that, that, uh, like no Clark, the Christmases weren't all that great back then. Like they were crazy back then, you know, Christmas is always a little bit crazy. Like you said, it it wouldn't be Christmas without, um, if it were predictable, if everything went according to plan, all that stuff. So I love that idea of nothing could be more Christmas than for things not to go as you expect or would write them up.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what I'm interested to hear kind of what you thought were some, um, some big themes and. You
1: know, yeah. Yeah. Movie. Um, You know, I, I noticed watching it, it's, it's, I think different when you're looking at a comedy, you know, to try and um, pick up on things that uh, are, um, you know, I think you have to, I have to anyways, work a little harder um, to find some spiritual angles. But um, one of the things I thought about was, you know, Clark, where might he fall? if if, If Clark were to have been born in, ancient israel you know however many millennia before christ or whatever uh would he make a good candidate for a patriarch for the faith mm-hmm. um I, I found myself wondering is clark kind of like the patriarchs of, of christianity in a lot of ways not to say that they're like blatantly comedic type of buffoons or anything like that but uh They are the heroes of their stories, oftentimes, and you know, we we often speak of them with great reverence and um, all of that, but they're also pretty flawed individuals, right? Yeah, Yeah. you go, go back to Noah and getting drunk in front of his sons and all that sort of stuff, um, Abraham, uh exercising, you know, little faith when God promised him a son and he and Sarah, kind of jumped the gun on that. And, you know, he, he was, um, he, he was not, he exhibited faith certainly, but not perfect faith like any of us, you know, he, he had, he had That's flaws, right. uh, Jacob, right. you, know, uh, you know, wrestling with God, uh, wrestling. you know, yeah. playing, playing favorites with the kids, uh, right. Like, you know, the these these people they have feet of clay just like any of the rest of us and um you know I think one of the things that makes Clark so endearing is that when we look at him we see a bit of ourselves right we've talked about that mm-hmm. I know I, I see myself right. in Clark Griswold and maybe that's one of the reasons that the patriarchs are so endearing as well and in, in addition to the role that they play in the the story of God coming to us in Jesus you know, maybe we um, connect so strongly with them because we can see a bit of ourselves in them, right? And w- we see the things to which we aspire because they certainly, you know, demonstrate great faith in a lot of ways and, and and many wonderful virtues. But we we also see the things in ourselves that maybe we wish we had less of or the things in ourselves that aren't perfect maybe the things that we might laugh at a little bit as we would at at clark and um, maybe that's part of why they have such staying power in our faith
0: that's right i think that's a a great insight i mean like there's something you know I, i i love the fact that we um I was talking about this actually with my my um, family over the weekend, over Thanksgiving weekend, and we were we were chatting just about like how how sometimes people read scripture and they just think of these heroic characters as being people that we should um, model our lives after. And you go back and you look at them, and you kind of think, well, I'm not really certain if any of them uh, were necessarily hitting out of the park. Um, mm-hmm. They all have some some major uh, Achilles heel at some point, um, and, and they've got these these flaws and. Uh, and And so, if you look at it as if it's like they're all moral great moral guides um, to the faith, you quickly right. realize after reading it you know these aren't necessarily the people that we want to model our lives after, but um, at the very least um, you, you can model your faith after them in a lot of ways because at the end of the day they they offer us the invitation or they they, they demonstrate to us that God obviously uses people who are. Uh, humans, uh, like God, uh, uses humans to, 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 to demonstrate to us what true faith looks like to demonstrate them, what God can do through when, when, when people do offer themselves up to God, even when people don't necessarily willingly offer themselves up to God, God still finds a way to, to get the work done through them. Um, if that's so what God chooses. So it is a, it is beautiful. And I think that in a way you're, you're reflecting that Clark is one for whom, um, christmas can come about in a beautiful way even in with all of the flaws included um that christmas is just an ideal story it's it's our story too so uh, yeah that's great that's a great observation yeah
1: Uh, Yeah. so here's a question um help me think through todd and marga because those are two of my favorite characters (laughs) right yeah why is the carpet all wet Todd? Why
0: why is the carpet wet todd Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know, Margo. Margo.
1: Um. Yeah. So, you know, if if we're looking at this thing as a metaphor, um, you, what 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 role do you think that they play? Do you have any thoughts on them? They're interesting
0: people. Um. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're the people who uh obviously they like don't don't get like into the christmas spirit really at all but they're the people who i think uh are caught obviously on the hamster wheel of life i mean you know they're they're the people they they come working in from their workouts and they're wearing their matching like sweat suits whatever right. they're absurd and um and they they only they, they don't even really like each other i think that they've lost <laughs> Um, I think that they've lost like all of the joy in life and they take themselves way too seriously. I mean, that's probably the, the stark contrast to them Mm -hmm. and um, them and and, and Clark Criswell, their, their neighbor um, is that they take take themselves way too seriously. Um, And, and perhaps they even take Christmas way too seriously in a way that Clark for all the ways in which he takes it seriously. still at the end of the day recognizes that, it's the it's this magic that he's creating, and it's this experience that he's creating. He's not like doing it for strict protocols, whatever you know, right, whatever.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a good point. I I like that. There, um, I think that that Clark, um, possesses uh, a certain child. Uh, mm. We could say. I think he possesses a certain childishness, but also yes, a certain childlikeness. You know, Jesus calls us that's to right. be childlike. He doesn't call us to be childish. starts a little bit right. of both. But um, but Todd and Margot are, are certainly neither. And so, yeah, there there's a lack there of the magic and and all those things. That's that's a, a great point. I, I will say, uh, Eliza and I. Um, my wife, for those listening uh, who might be outside of my family and not know who Eliza is, um, <laughs> we would go every year. Her brother would host uh, Christmas Vacation um, you know, like costume party and so dress up as different characters every year. And one year we were Todd and Margot coming back from the workout. And so yeah. we decided to, we were like, well, well, how do we do this costume? And so we got sweatsuits and I bought like ended up being probably 10 rolls of uh, reflective bright silver duct tape and <laughs> just, just lined those, you thinking, all oh, this will be great. And it was, it looked good. You know, it, uh, you could tell who we were, no but doubt. I mean, you wore those things for about five minutes and it was, um, it was like being so, on the inside of a microwave. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a little costume tip there for anybody who might be thinking about that. Funny. Um, one of the things I thought about them though, was, you know, they're literally they're on the outside of the story right yeah and um as as neighbors to the house and we keep checking in with them but they they aren't essential in any way to the plot they're on the outside and it, it got me to thinking about those who are maybe outside of the faith um who maybe not even don't celebrate christmas but but just don't have much to do or or much care for or need for um, the the themes of God coming to us in Jesus anyway, and um, wondering how much uh, maybe Clark and, and some of those who do profess to have uh, a bit to do with that story, um, wondering how much they might've played into the neighbor's reasons for not wanting much to do with that story, you you know, because Mm, I, interesting, we, Clark is obviously the protagonist and everything, but as we've said, he's, he's a flawed individual. And it, it just reminded me of the ways that, um, a lot of times, uh, Christians can do harm to those um, who might be outside of the story, um, in such to such a degree that those folks don't want anything to do with the story uh, because hmm. maybe um, the folks around them who are supposed to be stewards of it um, mishandle it, um, and I, I know hmm. I've I've probably been been guilty of that, um, but I, I think that you know, Clark in in certain ways is, is certainly um, guilty of that as well. So I I don't know. I just thought about that as a, as a bit of a metaphor.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. I haven't given that. I haven't, I, I, I think that that's a interesting observation. I don't necessarily know that like that's a one that, Maybe this because I'm so I'm so endeared to Clark Griswold that like there's something about me that it's like well that's their own problem um, a, little, <laughs> a little bit that's like Clark Griswold's problem um, and maybe it's because uh, Julia louis drives is so good in that place where yeah. she's just such a jerk that you're like yeah. I'm not pulling for them um, I'm not <laughs> pulling for them at all. <laughs> like, so. Anyways, but uh, you know, you're far more gracious than I am Paul. So.
1: well yeah. that's all right then one of us one of us has to be so, um, we haven't talked about cousin Eddie any I, I don't know what, okay, yes, but I mean the, but, we, we can't not talk about him.
0: you know, cousin Eddie to me, um he is the he, you know if there's one character that shows up every year that you never expect to show up every year, <laughs> he lands on your doorstep. Um, he's the person that you just don't really want to see that time of year. Um, you'd hope for anybody else to show up. And he always shows up on Advent 1 and Advent 2. And that's John the Baptist. And so I think Eddie is John the Baptist in the story. He's the one who no one ever wants to show up on their front lawn, but somehow does and somehow makes Christmas a little bit rough around the edges as a result. And that's the nature of Advent. I've preached on, I, I've used cousin Eddie as a, as a example in preaching every year for like four or five years, especially this week, because it's, <laughs> yes. because again, it's, it's like uh it's like John the Baptist. They're both the people that like just kind of plant themselves on your front stoop and you're like, get off my lawn. Like I'm trying to celebrate <laughs> Christmas with my family. Um, and Nope. He always comes crashing your party. Um, so Anyways, I love, I love Kud, Kud, But he's uh, he's my he's my little John the Baptist. So.
1: Yeah, I love that. Well, and knowing what we know of him about like the way that he dressed and everything, and camel's hair and all that, eating uh, locusts and all that, so they're probably very similar i'm i i, I bet gotcha. if he had squirrels as an option um he would probably eat them too if they weren't too high in cholesterol so uh, too high in
0: cholesterol yeah right, <laughs> right. yeah yeah, yeah. So it's um, Funny.
1: yeah yes i mean yeah. if this were if this were just a, a regular movie commentary like uh type of podcast we could we could go on and on just just gushing over all the scenes and and all that but uh but it's not yet still we want to preserve a little bit of that for um for the listeners, especially for these beloved movies, and so uh, Ben, we've come up with a little bit of an idea for um, a challenge here for us, right?
0: That's right. That's
1: right. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna um, we're gonna use you
0: know vacation. Vacation has so many wonderful one-liners that we're um, using here, and I think it's kind of like when pastors Paul. I don't know if you've ever done this, but like if you've ever done. The gospel according to pixar or like the gospel according to uh such as such. tonight Not we're sure. going to do um the gospel according to christmas vacation and sometimes what we do in uh in these sermon series is like we just take the one line that stands out and then we can kind of take it and run with it we use a little bit of like uh, uh pastoral licensing um yeah. well, to, the to holy kind of,
1: spirit uses it right we the just hol- ride the, the holy train. spirit
0: <laughs> we just ride the train. Like, thank you for clarifying, Paul. Um, so we just kind of take it and run. The Holy Spirit kind of takes it and runs with it, and we just kind of go. So we're going to throw out some lines um, here to back and forth to one another and see if we can come up with a quick on the spot sermon angle to take uh, based on the beloved one liners of Christmas vacation.
1: Okay, outstanding. Do you get um, extra points if you um, if you come up with a scripture reference?
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah,
1: All right. totally. All right, sounds good. Uh, you, All right, who's going first? Um, I'm. I'm fine if you, you do. Off you want? Yeah. Yeah. Throw me out cool. one. Throw, uh, throw me one.
0: Yeah. All right, here's here. Well, let's just start with what we've already referenced, which is, uh Eddie. If I woke up with my head more sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised.
1: So. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I think that in this quote, we find uh, an invitation to be open to the uh, creative uh, and non-scripted aspect of God, Uh, allow God the opportunity to surprise you, Um, you know. It, it, you shouldn't have to uh, wake up with your head sewn to the carpet to enjoy uh, the gift of being surprised by the Holy Spirit of God. Instead, maybe you should uh, wake up ready to be surprised anyway. What what a wonderful way would it be, Ben, to live your life waking up every day, not wondering, is my head going to be sewn to the carpet, uh, but, but to uh, say, I-, I would greet this day with that same manner of surprise and that same manner of wonder mm. as if something that, um, uh, bizarre and unexpected happened. Because if you live each day open to the unexpected, then think about all the amazing ways that you're going to see God, that those of us with our eyes only focused on, uh, the, the one way forward that we have planned, uh, man, you're going to see so much more. So maybe, maybe there's something in that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There you go. Man, that's good. That's good work.
1: Okay. I would All take right. it and roll with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, my, you know, I, I think mine would be, um, I mean, I just, I just kind of showed my cards a little ago, but I would, I would use the whole Cousin Eddie and the, the angle of, um, uh, John the Baptist kind of showing up in Advent 1 and Advent 2 and always talking and preaching about, <laughs> turn or burn, um, you brood of vipers, uh, <laughs> you know, which is well, not necessarily what you think as a, would be like the the preaching topics. Of that's right. Well, Christmas,
1: well, but well, well done. You had more time to think about it than me. So, I um, did. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me see. Um, here, here's one that we've already, uh, somewhat referenced and all it involves an ellipses because we're going to try to keep, um, keep the clean rating on our iTunes status here. Uh, hallelujah. <laughs> dot dot dot. Where's the tile all?
0: Hallelujah. Hold, if you're if you're wondering if you haven't seen the movie in a long time, this is where Clark snaps at the end and goes on his rant and his tirade for about uh you know, 45 seconds, but all the family is in complete shock over what he's saying. Um here's the beautiful thing. All, so I think you can be saying both hallelujah and holy blank in the same breath um when speaking to God. And I think uh there's some this is gonna be a general I'm gonna see if I can get a few extra brownie points in general, but I think that the psalms give us the ability to do that at the mm-hmm. simultaneously, to say both praises uh, of hallelujah yes. in one breath, but the very next line be holy. What is happening mm-hmm. to me. Um, and there's uh, just a reality, of, like that's the nature of life. Um, but the beautiful thing is that if we keep like, like the more we say those hallelujahs, I think the more we begin to see the reasons for hallelujahs in our lives in the midst of the holy sh- that we're going through. Right. Um, right. So that's how, and that's how, that's the angle that I would take with that. I,
1: I think it's a great angle. And Ben, do you ask where's the Tylenol for? If so, um, I, the answer uh, is in the manger. Uh, it's in the name,
0: Paul, that might be one step too far in that metaphor, <laughs> but I appreciate it.
1: Oh, well, I was bound to find that one someday.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Here's a good one. Here's a good one for you, Paul. Okay. How about this? The blessing.
1: Oh. You know, maybe maybe in that, that Ben, of course, is speaking to when... <laughs> Uncle Lewis is uh, trying to uh, demonstrate to, or explain to his wife Aunt Bethany what uh, Clark is, is asking her to say. Of course, he says, Grace, and she says, Grace, she died 30 years ago. Um, and, uh, you know. Ben sometimes we just need somebody to shake us awake to recognize mm. the blessings that are in our lives. You know, we need mm-hmm. those voices around us just to to get up in our face and say, "Look, you know, here's a scripture reference for you, Ben." When David is talking about uh well well, he's being confronted about Bathsheba and Nathan the prophet is having to try to figure out how do I confront this man, this king with his sin, and he's trying to do it, and David's not getting the picture. And then and then Nathan describes this scene about a guy who has a guy killed in order to steal his wife and all of these things. And, um, and then uh, David says, well, that guy should die. You know, he's at fault. What a horrible person. And then Nathan says, you are the man. You are that guy. He's up Mm. in his face and he's yelling like, look, you need to look around, take some inventory of your life, brother, and recognize what you've done. And so maybe we need those Uncle Lewis's in our lives when when we're trying to, when we're complaining a lot, when we're just having a hard time seeing what's in front of us. We need somebody to yell the blessing and see what's right there. Yeah,
0: I love it. Paul, that was good. That Thanks. was great.
1: Good. That was better to that than sermon. the
0: winter I'd listen to that sermon. <laughs> I'd listen to that sermon. I think uh, I think uh yeah, and maybe it's uh um maybe it's a reminder too of just like uh like you said, like to wake up and see the blessings around us. Um um to reminder to, to to um to remind us of the doxology, right? Um, to remind mm. us of, of to, to to speak doxology in all that we do, um, yeah. Uh, which which I consider to be a, a blessing, but, but um, um, or, or it feels like it's a it's a um, something that you would say is a blessing, right? And what we believe to be blessing yeah. language, um, yeah. But praise God from whom all blessings well, flow, and um,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. And the benediction, right? Benediction is supposed to be a, yeah. a blessing as we go. Right. So maybe maybe that's the way that we should say our benedictions each week is just yell mm-hmm. them at that people
0: last thing yeah, <laughs> May yeah. the lord bless we, you and
1: keep you <laughs>
0: that's right that's right what we don't do is what um uh what uncle Lewis's wife did which is uh is is begin to recite the pledge of allegiance which is that's right
1: that's called christian to, nationalism to, it's making, <laughs> it's that's, pretty that's, popular these days but it's not good yeah
0: different podcast
1: uh <laughs> yeah so. <laughs> oh gracious all right. all right well let me let me give you another one um um let's see i, I, I jotted a couple down mm. <laughs> let's see all right how just how, how about this, this is we're, we're we're with uncle lewis here's another one from him i didn't realize he would make this list twice but but here we go you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant
0: <laughs> oh that's too good um you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant um again this is kind of prophetic uh language um uh, it feels like uh, uncle lewis is is similar to what he said earlier of of Uncle Lewis may be the prophet in this um in this. I wasn't expecting um, that,
1: but you know, these things always surprise me, man. I think you're <laughs> right.
0: They, they do. You know, Paul, if I woke up with my head so the carpet tomorrow, I wouldn't be more surprised than learning that Uncle Lewis is the uh is the prophet. Um uh it's um again, it's another prophetic thing and it, I'm it, just kind of the warnings. Um it's it's the warnings that uh a lot of the old testament prophets had towards the people of Israel, um, warning them of just like you're not hearing God, you're not like hearing um, you're not listening. Um, you're, you have, you have, um, uh, the, 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 blessings of God, God's promises are falling on deaf ears. Um, and so it's just a warning, I think, uh, which is perhaps, perhaps also what John the Baptist is offering, um, to you brood of vipers, uh, you, you know, um, make way, uh, uh, prepare the way of the Lord, right? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, a warning to people about things to come. So.
1: Yeah. sounds like you really got that john the baptist uh you know hellfire brimstone uh sermon in you that Love you just it. need to get out man
0: dude it's i mean what dude it's we're recording this on advent one i mean is this is, is, true. is uh, yeah so i think that like this is just where john the baptist makes his beautiful and wonderful debut and we only get to talk to him for a couple of weeks and then he disappears uh that's until right. next year so
1: back into the wilderness uh,
0: that's right back into the wilderness so you gotta you gotta Preach him while he's out, um, while he's out of his cage.
1: So, so. Uh, let well, me, uh,
0: Let's okay. just do one more. We're to do one more each. Um, yeah, one more, one more up. round. Yep. Well, okay. Uh, Dad, you taught me everything I know about exterior elimination.
1: Then yet again, this is why you and I are <laughs> friends. Because I was about to use that exact one on you. <laughs> Well, we'll just wrap it up with this uh, one. And it it's just uh, great. I mean it, it, it perfect. Is. So there's a couple different angles that that I, I would go. One, I, I think you could say, you know, one, Dad, God the Father. So so this is yeah. where you, you go with uh the prologue to John, right? You know, John doesn't give us the birth narrative and everything, but he talks about um the light. Uh, shining in the darkness and the light being born into the world as uh, the word is made flesh. And uh, so dad, God, the father, you taught us everything we know about exterior illumination um, because you came to us and are the light of the world. You could talk about Matthew and sermon on the Mount where Jesus Mm -hmm. calls us to be salt and light into the world. Um, But you can also do that wonderful thing, Ben, where you take a, uh, 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 a popular quote like this, but then you add your nice little preacher twist to it, and you say, in this movie, Clark says, Daddy, you taught me everything I know about exterior illumination, but I'm going to say, Ben, let me tell you about a daddy who wants to teach you everything there is to know about interior illumination.
0: <laughs> I love it, Paul, and and um, you've got such a voice. Uh, where, you know, I, if I are you from johnston county i feel like you've just got uh you've got such a good um local pastor radio pastor voice
1: well thank you beloved uh <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> i feel like if i didn't know you better i think you were watching too much righteous gemstones because
1: you kind of sound like the um the, the, one of the cousins on that show so uh, what's yeah. that for any of my parishioners listening i've never seen that show <laughs> uh, too funny um
0: you know i paul i think i think that you're spot on i was going to go if if I, if I were preaching on this i would uh i would certainly use um sermon on the mount uh, uh you're the light of the world um yeah um and, and go with that and uh, essentially, like, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven, which is essentially what we say at baptism. Um, that, that's what we would always, um, in the Methodist church, it's kind of language that a lot of us as pastors would use is after a baptism, um, one of the traditions would be that we'd light a candle off of the christ candle if it was mm-hmm. lit if not then we just used the candles that were lit from the um the, uh, from the altar and then uh we give these candles to the child um, that were just a remembrance blow it out real quick give it to the family and then we encourage the family to light the candle every year um at the child's um uh, uh date or anniversary of the anniversary baptism, yeah reminder yeah which is a special thing and i think it's it's great here. you know uh yeah Clark was absolutely. on his, yeah, Mark was on to something, you know. Our Father in yeah, Heaven teaches us everything we need to know about being the light in this world. Um, and it's a good thing for us to do.
1: So, absolutely, man. Well, that's uh, uh, we're not going to find a better spot to uh, to. Uh,
0: yeah, Paul, we're just dude. We we just we're just on the same page. I just got to say, like, I, it's a good thing.
1: You know so. and, and am I sensing a church plant <laughs> church plant
0: yeah, uh, which well, iscott uh, uh Gris- first Griswold um
1: yeah, yeah oh gracious, all right well, now we so we've got to come to the the classic question for for the podcast, which is are yeah. we gonna canonize um this thing, you know the uh the I guess the canon of of um you know. Uh, cinematic Scripture will have a uh, holiday section, and uh, yeah. the question is: right. Does Christmas vacation go in it? I feel like I know That's your answer.
0: One hundred percent. You better believe it's going in. So, how about you?
1: I, I, you know what? I'm right there with you, buddy. There's not a doubt yeah. in my mind that this deserves to go in.
0: Yeah, this one will preach. This one will preach. This one will preach. So, um, it's great. I absolutely love it.
1: Awesome, man. Cool. Well, I've enjoyed talking about it with you. And, uh, like like I said, we've got, we've got a couple more in the, uh, on on the slate, you know, for those listening, Ben and I've, have realized, um, that, um, you know, podcasting is, uh, not the easiest thing when you have <laughs> uh like full-time jobs and children mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh families and all this sort of stuff but we do uh we really enjoy uh, these times that we get to spend together and talk about this stuff and uh enjoy uh just just being together in this way and, and sharing this with you all so um while we can't commit to necessarily a full interrupted year uninterrupted year of of these uh we enjoy taking these uh little, little chunks where we can get them and man, there's no better time than Christmas. So you look forward to having another one of these come your way this week um, or next week. And Ben, I think it's safe to say that that we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, Ralphie, right?
0: You better believe it. You get get out your bunny it.
1: suit, get your red rider BB gun. And, right. get your leg and lamp. you better get better, have that leg lamp. And you'll, we'll hear more about it next week, Ben, but you know, I've got one, you know, I've got know you- one.
0: I know you do. I know you do, but yes, I've seen the pictures. So, <laughs> all right, Paul. Have a great week, bud.
1: All right, buddy. Happy Advent one.
0: You too. Peace. All right. Bye.